0: Hey guys, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to thank the sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast and that is Unify Health Supplements. Unify have the most premium, high-quality science-backed products on the market in Australia today and you guys can use the code TFLP to save 10% off your next order at unifyactive.com. Unify has a range of products including whey protein isolate, plant-based protein, a pre-workout creatine monohydrate and their best-selling product, The Hydration Formula. So again, use that code TFLP to save 10% at unifyactive.com.
1: Hi, I'm Brian Proctor. Uh, I am the author of a book called My Father Knew the Secret, Growing Up with Bob Proctor. And uh, I share in that book uh, all the secrets that I learned growing up with Bob Proctor as a father. I worked with him for well over 30 years, uh, did all the marketing for the company, and uh, really helped set us up for success with email capture, um, quote of the day services, all of those kind of things long before that was a normal, normal thing on the internet. Anyways, I am here and I'd like to welcome you to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Brian, welcome to the fitness and lifestyle podcast, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, I, I've been super excited for this conversation. I mentioned to you before we hit record that um, your father Bob has had a, an incredible impact on me in my life, and that's kind of then led on to having impact on, on many people around me as well. Um, and I'm sure I'm really looking forward to hearing how much of an impact he's he's obviously had on you and and your life as well. Um, but, mate. 1961, I believe, was the year that you were born. The same year that your your father uh, first received the book "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill, which then I would guess was the catalyst for for some of the a lot of the incredible work that that Bob did. I wanted to ask you before we started. Has there been, outside of obviously the learnings from your father, has there been a book, whether it be you know you personally reading that same book or whether it was The Secret or, or whatever it may be, has there been a book that has had an incredible impact on your life and, and I guess the outcome of your life?
1: Um, I would venture to say, Danny, not one specific book drastically altered anything in my life. Um, obviously, I started reading Think and Grow Rich when I was young because it was something that my father really saw the value in. And, you know, like you say, he picked that book up literally the year I was born. Um, so, so I definitely studied that and that was, that was a really good thing. But if I'm to be honest, I could not pin one specific book that made a drastic change. Um, it would be kind of along the theme of all of the books that, you know, that my father taught from that he, that he read, um, any self-development book, quite frankly, I really took to, um, and I really enjoyed kind of what the messages were in there, you know, that, that we really are capable of, of doing anything. And um, I think that, if anything, is the message that really sunk home with me, that, that we are capable of doing anything, no matter where we come from, where we're at, and uh, kind, of, kind of took it from there.
0: Fantastic. And obviously, growing up as a, as a child and moving into adulthood, you're... Your father, obviously, having um, you know, built his reputation and, and doing the work that he was doing, did you find it difficult to i guess uh, i guess identify your own kind of self image and, and move into your own lane, or, or was there, was it kind of set in stone early on from you that you wanted to follow along in the footsteps of of some of the stuff that Bob was doing or when did you really decide, I guess, and understand what your true purpose was within the universe?
1: Well, you know what, Danny? I worked with my father when I was a teen, uh, late teens, just kind of like a roadie almost for for better words. Um, but I had to really get step out and do my own thing um, because I didn't want to be just in the shadow of Bob uh, Proctor. Um, and I got into uh, real estate when I was in my 20s. I was, uh, I was a real estate agent in Toronto, uh, up in Canada. And... Um, I took everything I learned from my father and applied it in real estate. And at the age of 26, um, I was I was actually in the top 100 of a very large real estate company internationally. Um, so wow. it was, I, I was really able to apply the material somewhere else. Um, and I was in real estate for quite a few years. Uh, my father had been trying to talk me into coming into the company and working with him again. And I, I kept pushing back and saying, "No, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet." Um, then I hit a point where I was ready, and it was uh, I, I, I had made it on my own. Uh, I was confident with my marketing c- capabilities, and um, you know what, Danny? I just felt that uh, I had something that I could contribute to what my father was doing to help elevate his company, and that's when uh, that's when I, I, I decided to join him. That was, gosh, that was about thirty years ago. It's incredible.
0: And so, when you stepped into that, I guess that lane of the real estate, and started seeing that that success yourself, and you mentioned you are applying some of the the methods and the rules that um, that your father was was preaching. What were some of the more impactful, I guess, practices or maybe paradigm shifts, or I'm not too sure what it <laughs> was, but what were some of the most impactful things that you applied um, to your own work to start seeing that success and and really starting to attract and, and manifest the the success that you were trying to strive. For?
1: Well, you know, it's, um, if, if I can share a story, uh, this will really kind of tell, yeah, tell what, what happened for me. When I was young, um, you know, my father was a pioneer in the industry and, and he moved around a fair bit when I was young. So I was born in Toronto. Um, so I started school in Toronto. Then we moved to London, England. So I started a new school there. We moved back to a different part of Toronto, started a new school there. By grade four, we moved to Chicago. Um, my father was starting to work with Earl Nightingale at the time. So, you know, by, by grade four, this was my fourth school. And I remember I remember sitting with him in the den at that house. And I said to him, I said, Dad, I just, I hate being that perpetual new kid at school. Um, can you give me, you know, w- w- what do I do here? The lesson he taught me, Danny, I have used my entire life since. And, and this is what I believe has really helped caused me to be a great success in life. And dad looked at me and he said, he says, Brian, all you need to do when you go to school is put these four letters across the forehead of everybody you speak to. MMFI. And that stands for make me feel important. He said, if you can make everybody you speak with feel important, feel seen, feel heard, you are going to get along in this world in a really good way. People will want to deal with you. They'll want to be your friend. He said, it's better to be interested than to try to be interesting. And um, mm-hmm. and I really liked that. It resonated with me. And, and I started doing that at that young age. And what I found was that once I was older and got into business, uh, that really helped form great relationships. Um, you know, people want to deal with people that make them feel special. And he would call this the law, the, the 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 impression of increase, and that is simply this: whatever you can do to make everybody you come in contact with in a specific day feel better because they were in contact with you, you've done it. You're are you're, you're in great shape. And like I say, I started that with real estate, and uh, I, what I found was that I was getting referrals like crazy because everybody wanted to deal with me. And I took that same thing when I got into the seminar business with my father and uh, and and really worked at building relationships. And, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to be seen, we want to be heard. And mm-hmm. if we can make somebody else feel special for being in your presence, you're going to get along great in the world. That's that's probably one of the best lessons I ever learned from him. Super simple, but really powerful.
0: I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's extremely powerful. I've, I've just uh, jotted this down now and um, I guess something I wanted to ask you off the back of that was, do you feel like a lot of these, these principles and um, you know, a lot of the lessons that Bob or yourself have used throughout life are effective when someone is doing something that's outside of their passion and their purpose? So do you feel like right now or, or at some stage throughout your life, if I was to say to you, all right, we're going to apply these principles to, to any of these industries, even if you had no interest in them whatsoever, do you feel like that would still be um, successful and able to, to generate and see that same level of abundance and success? Or do you truly believe that you need to be in alignment with what your purpose really is?
1: I actually think you need to be in alignment with what your purpose is. Um, I think you could still be successful in, in something that you're not really interested in. But uh, quite frankly, I don't think you would apply everything to its full extent if you're doing something you yeah. didn't enjoy. I think we have to have a passion for whatever we're doing. And if we're going to excel at something, we have to have a passion for it. And if we don't, I don't I don't know as we'll ever really fully excel at it.
0: 100%. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. When you were growing up as, you know, some of these, um, I guess, different tools that people use uh, to be able to increase their frequency, right? Like we talk about the law of vibration and and the importance of trying to operate at that high frequency is meditation, is journaling, all these things, are these something that you practice on a daily basis and something that you believe are, are significantly important in maintaining that level of frequency? Or has there been, I guess, what has been the the most impactful practice for you to enable you to to operate at that high frequency on a daily basis?
1: Yeah, you know what, Danny? I think all of those things are very important. Um, I have a morning routine and, and I have always, I'm sure you do, um, you are, you know, I, I know you, you, you have, a, a you have a way about you, everything I've seen that you're very structured and persistent in what you do. And I have found the same morning routines really set you up for a good day or a bad day, really. Um, and mm-hmm. my morning routines include a few things. Um, I write out my goal every day um, and it gets me focused on what I'm working towards, gets me looking at at that bigger picture. Um, I write out what I'm grateful for. Um, I have a gratitude journal and, uh, and I focus on all the things, all the good things that are in my life. Um, I also focus on the good things that are coming into my life. So even if I don't have it yet, or I haven't done it yet, sometimes I'll write that I'm grateful that it is, it it is about to happen. And it really puts you in that right frame of mind for goodness. Um, And then, you know, like you say, meditations, all that, I I think that's all incredibly important because it's, it really all works off the principle of, of what you're visualizing. What is, where, where's your imagination taking you? And if you are visualizing and working on acknowledging the good around you, but also then working towards something big, that worthy ideal, um, you're going to step out and do things in a day that you might not have normally done. And I think that's the key. Mm. And I think if, if we're focused on something big that way and we have great morning routines, we'll, we'll get along really good in the world.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. One thing that I've noticed um, with some of the clients that I've worked with, and even just since in the past few years, when I feel like I've started to to really grasp that understanding of things like the law of attraction, the law of vibration, and and really just gravitating towards you know being at that high frequency more often, mm-hmm. is that people have to be ready to receive right that that information people have to be ready to receive um, that understanding and and to go all in with it do you have advice for someone that might be listening to the podcast at the moment that might be hearing us talk about all these things but at the moment they feel like they're in such a low point or they're at such a low frequency that they they're, they're they're struggling to be able to see that that way out or they're struggling to be able to even picture themselves receiving and attracting some of these things that they would love to have in their life because they've just never seen any evidence of it Mm -hmm. in their reality before so I, i find you know when when people have been able to see that evidence and you start to experience it a little bit you start to build that momentum and and i guess you can look at it as as evidence that this stuff is working but when people have not experienced it before do you have advice for those people that might be in that position
1: yeah, my, my advice, quite frankly, Danny, would be to start some of those morning routines. Um, start writing what you're grateful mm. for. Start writing an affirmation about what you want in your life. Um, get focused on, on the good. Um, we, you know, the, the, the age old saying that we have heard from really everybody in the personal development industry right down to the Bible is we become what we think about. And that yeah. is so true. What we're giving energy to. We attract into our life, and if somebody's struggling, um, where you know where is their thinking going? What are they thinking about? What are they doing? And if they're struggling, the best thing you can do is start to form some good morning routines and uh, set a goal. You got to set some kind of a worthy goal that you don't know how you're going to get to, but it inspires you to step out to do something different. and And then my next suggestion would just be to write out four or five. Important tasks that will help get you towards that goal that you're going to do that day. And no matter what's going on in your life, if you do that, I promise you things will change. You know, I've, I've always, I said in the book, in the beginning of the book and at the end of it, I said, what would happen in your life if you were the best version of you every single day? My God, if we, if we give that energy and focus on it, we're going to get ourselves out of any kind of trouble that we're in. Um, and it just takes time. It takes time.
0: 100%. On that same topic, I, I wanted to ask you personally throughout your life, has there been, I'm sure there has been, but has there been times throughout your life where where you've found yourself in a low point or where you've had things that haven't worked out your way. There might've been big setbacks or things that have kind of happened along the way that you were not planning for or not hoping for. And when you found yourself in those positions, how have you, have you pulled yourself out of it? Or what is the mindset that you use to be able to, to bring yourself from that low point back, back on track or back to towards that higher frequency uh, version of yourself?
1: Well, you know, that's, that's actually an easy one to answer. Yes, I've had struggles and I've had tough times for sure. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, um, here's the thing I've, I've discovered, um, is whenever I was struggling, I more than likely got out of my morning routines that I wasn't writing what I was grateful for. I wasn't writing affirmations. Um, I lost focus of what I was, what I was here for. I was just starting to live a day to day, and it's, it's typically when we live a day-to-day life that we have our struggles. Um, the thing that got me out of it was getting back into those morning routines and more than anything was letting go. Like it's really getting focused on the present moment. What can I do in the present moment to be better, to improve, to be more effective? Um, I find that when we look back on the past, uh, with regret or, or whatever that may be, it, 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 it creates a mental block that we can just keep looping in that badness. If we look into the future, wondering what's going to happen, we can, we can look with apprehension and fear. But if we focus on the current moment, what can we do right here, right now to get ourselves out of this slump, to step into something? If we can stay in the present moment, things will change for us. And, you know, like I said before, it's it, it, it might not change in the next day or two, but boy, if we can keep doing that every day, you watch what will happen one week from now, even you're going to feel different. Things are going to start to happen differently for
0: you. I, I don't know whether you've, um, whether you have any relationship or whether you've, uh, whether you've seen any of his content, uh, but we had a guest on earlier this year, Peter Krohn, and he kind of spoke on, on that topic and around psychological time when we're in, when we're psychologically living in the past, that's when we feel these feelings of sadness or depression or, or frustration. When we're psychologically living in the future, that's what creates this anxiety and and stress and worry about something that, that hasn't even happened yet and may not happen. Right. But when we're able to bring ourselves back to psychologically living in the in the right now, a lot of the or majority of the time, there, there's actually. There's actually nothing to to be fearful of or to be anxious or stressed about because uh, because we're just in the actual moment.
1: It's you know what it's so true. I mean, you can think of just even a sport. If you're if you're playing a sport, if you're in the middle of of something, you are not thinking about anything else other than you know if you're playing football, catching that ball, baseball, whatever, racquetball, you know whatever you're doing. That way, you're you're in that present moment, and all the nonsense is not in your head. Uh, that nonsense is when we get out of the present moment and uh, and and there's just so much truth in that
0: you mentioned a few sports just then i uh, i 'm intrigued to know whether or not that uh, have you used any form of i guess health and fitness um, habits to allow you to operate at a at a more i guess higher level or be more productive within mm. your work and and everything you're doing outside of that as well but um, is fitness something that you've incorporated into your Life?
1: Yeah, fitness is uh, is something that's very very important to me. Uh, I, I I could actually make a commercial for Peloton. <laughs> um, I, sure. I you know they, I have that Peloton bicycle and uh, and I ride that thing five six days a week. Um, what I like about it is the competitive nature. You're 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 competing against a whole bunch of other people, and uh, quite frankly, I, I I get a kick out of beating these thirty and forty year olds. Um, so I'm, I'm very into fitness. I think it's, it's incredibly important. Um, my wife is really into it. She, she keeps telling me that's what keeps you young. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm big on, on the cardio stuff. And I'm also, um, really getting into the whole, you know, weightlifting stuff again. Um, because that's, that's Uh also a big part of think what keeps you young. I mean, I'm in my sixties. Um, I think I'm in very good shape and, uh, I think I'm living a good life and I'm going to enjoy much more of life because I'm in good shape. Um, I look at a lot of people my age and they're not in such great shape. And I think, man, you're just, you're missing the boat. So, I, you know, I do believe it's very, very important.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm a big believer in, you know, when we look at certain tools we can use to help us elevate our frequency and put us into that that headspace that we need to be in each day to operate at our best. I think, you know, fitness is, is by far one of those more effective ones. You know, I think now even looking at things like cold baths, uh, sorry, cold showers and ice baths and, and different forms of meditation and breath work and stuff like that. It's one of the, the best forms of getting yourself, you know, into a really high frequency state, I think, is exercise and, and training and taking care of your body um, and not only from the frequency side but just from productivity as well. And as you said, being able to stay nice and young and take care of your body and, and feel good for as long as possible.
1: I agree. And I think, you know, when you feel good in your body, you're going to be more effective, you're going to be stronger, you're going to be sharper. Um, it, it, it definitely makes a difference.
0: I'm intrigued with the process of writing the book, um, My Father Knew the Secret, mm-hmm. How long did that process take you? Um, you know how did you collectively kind of bring together all the ideas that you wanted to to put into the book and and was it a was it an enjoyable process or was it something that you found uh, I guess difficult to do or um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear about that whole thing
1: Well you know what Danny o- overall it was a great process. Um, I started writing the book four years ago when my father was alive um, and he knew I was writing the book and we had a lot of fun around it. My father and I, uh, often shared very early morning conversations. We're both morning people, so it wouldn't be unusual to catch us on the phone at five a.m. with each other. And uh, I, I shared with him what I was writing—that um, it was all about stories of growing up with him and what he taught me, and and why you know why I have such a great life. You know, I I often say my father didn't give me anything, but he gave me everything. You know, he gave me the the, the mental tools to really succeed in this world. And that's what I wrote about. So I, I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't have a clue what the title was going to be. And <laughs> it's, it's interesting. We, we were talking and, and talking and 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 he, I can remember him saying to me, Brian, just take your time, take your time. Everything will happen when it's supposed to. You'll get the title when you're supposed to. And unfortunately, he passed away before I was finished the book. Um, I would have loved for him to see it. But here, here's kind of the, it's kind of a crazy story, but uh, the title for the book, came in the middle of the night. I was. It was after my father had passed away. I was having a vivid dream about him. I woke up at 3 a.m. and the title, My Father Knew the Secret, was just, it was in my head. And it was so crystal clear and felt so right. Uh, and, and that's what made it. I mean, the the cool thing with him was, you know, he, he was really a pioneer in the personal development industry. But it was not mm-hmm. until the movie The Secret came out uh, that he really, uh, became known around the world, and once that came out, yeah. I mean, he was on Larry King Live, Ellen DeGeneres. He was he was all over the place. So it Sista. just yeah yeah that title it just it felt so right. Overall, like you say, it it was it was a great experience. Um, the toughest part was the first chapter in the book uh, is really I call it the final lesson. Uh, it's really the final things I learned from Dad. When he was not well, when he was in the hospital right before he passed, and it took me probably two to three months after he passed away before I could even start writing again. Um, but that was the first thing I wrote. It was a little, it was a little tough, um, but in a good way. Um, and um, you know, I, I released the book, I, I launched it on what would have been his birthday on July the fifth, and uh, it was mm-hmm. very satisfying that the reviews are coming in that are just just incredible if you if you look on Amazon um it's you know it's just it's really really spectacular the feedback we've gotten is great and um it was for me it was a really fun process and uh you know this book is really not about me it's really about who my father was and what he was about and um it's it's just great to carry on kind of his message um in, in a really unique way you know my wife said that uh she said, "Brian, you're the only one that can really write this particular book because you're the only one with this real inner perspective yeah. that nobody else gets." So it was, it was, it was pretty enjoyable.
0: That's incredible. We'll we'll have the link to the to where people can get that book in the show notes as well. So um, for those that are listening or watching at the moment, um, do yourself a favor and grab yourself a copy um, and check it out. And if you haven't seen, I'm sure most of the listeners that are or the people that are watching at the moment have consume uh, plenty of of Bob's content in the past so I'm sure they'll be um, they'll be stoked to be able to have a read of this one as well you mentioned the the secret right obviously um, the secret uh, that that as you said was one of the reasons why so many people even got to the point where they they found out about your dad's work which was incredible we've yeah. uh, we've spoken with dr. John D martini on on the podcast a number of times previously um, who shared a lot of insight into that as well but would you, if you were to summarize the main takeaway from the book *The Secret*, mm-hmm. how would you summarize it?
1: Uh, I would summarize it in that uh, we attract into our lives really what we give energy to, um, what we think about. You know, it's it, it really comes back down to what what you think about you you bring into your life. That you know, the 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 entire book and the and the movie was all about the law of attraction, and it's about what you focus on you bring into your life. Um, the one thing that my father was really emphatic about was that not only dreaming about what you want and visualizing it, but you had to step out and take action. You had to do something to make that come into your life as well. Um, but that's, that's really the message about it. It's, it's what you think about you bring into your life. Uh, you know, it. when I was a young boy, uh, dad always taught me, he said, we're like a magnet and we attract what we are. And that's really it. And it's, you know how do you carry yourself on in the world? Do you carry yourself on in a good way or in a not so good way? And it's all a choice. It really is. It's 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 all in our head.
0: All in our head for sure. Yeah. You mentioned before, um, just coming back. Sorry about the the book writing process. How Bob mentioned to you around. You know, letting it happen, right? Mm-hmm. It'll happen. It'll happen when it's ready and and not trying to force the outcome. And I think that's something that I personally have been focused on a lot in the last six to twelve months is starting to improve my ability to, I guess, surrender and allow things to happen and and not trying to control and force outcomes all the time. And and since I've done that, I've seen the impact of that. But I, I find for a lot of people, particularly that are um, let's say more of like the masculine energy of of trying to be, you know, very driven and structured, and 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 following a plan and trying to to achieve success and whatnot. I think sometimes the 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 thought of just almost stepping back and allowing things to happen and and. Almost taking a step back to, to, to let things take a couple of steps forward sometimes can be quite difficult for people to grasp. What's your experience been with uh, with that and, and how can you, I guess, best explain that for people to be able to start incorporating it into their life to surrender and let things happen instead of always trying to force the outcome?
1: Well, it, it, I think it comes down to this in itself. Um, force negates. The more you try to force or push something, the more you will push it away. Um, you know, it's... it's it, I think that probably one of the best examples, if you run into any kind of a salesperson, if that person is just trying to force a sale upon you and they're, they're pushing it on you, what do you do? You back away, you back away. You just want to get away from this person. Whereas if you just let it be, you, you find somebody that's trying to sell you something, but they just invite you into it. They, they, they show you the benefits of it, why you would want it, but they do it with ease and they're not trying to force you in the situation. It's like you move towards it. You want that. Um, and that's really it. Force negates the more you force something, the more you try to make something happen that you're forcing it, you will actually push it away. Um, and, mm. and I have always been of the opinion that we need to really just let it flow. Um, and you know, you get back to that movie, The Secret. It's, it's all about being in the energy of what you want in your life. Um, I have several goals, mm. several things I'm going after. And even when I have a day that's like, God, I don't have a clue how I'm going to get there. I have this inner knowing that I just let it be. And I just, Danny, I just know it's coming. And it's that inner mm. knowing, that peacefulness that will bring it to you.
0: Yeah. One thing that I've been mentioning to people lately is, and something that I've been doing myself as well, is just really trying to continually remind myself to focus on the what. To focus on the what and remove remove the focus from the how and the when. you right. just keep bringing it back to the what. And just, as you said, almost being that knowing um, a a mentor of mine uh, mentioned this line recently, it was something along the lines of like, belief is sometimes trust without evidence.
1: That's exactly it. I mean, I, you know, we were talking a little bit before, uh, before we did this, and you're sharing some of the things that you're looking to do. And, you know, I love that. Um, I I love that you're stepping out and doing new things. Uh, My father was always big on, you need to have a goal. That you don't have a clue how you're going to get there. You don't need to know the steps because if you know the steps, there's going to be no inspiration in it. Um, he said, you mm-hmm. need to have something that, that inspires you. You don't know how you're going to get there, but you're going to step out and start taking action anyway. And you'll find the next step as you go. And, and I like to call it sometimes imperfect action. You just, at least you're doing something towards getting there. And as you start doing something and start focusing on it, the next way will show. And, uh, I think people that, that make big things happen in the world. They have big goals. They don't have a clue how they're going to get there, but they step out and they take action and they bet on themselves. Those are the people that really get on.
0: 100%. I think on that topic, people often find it difficult to be able to even think that big, right? To almost think illogically. People often just think with with right. what's within reach or, or what they think is actually achievable for them or what other people around them have done or what they've been they've been made to believe that's possible for them do you have any advice on how people are able to i guess shift those limiting beliefs and change you know as as bob talked about so often like change your your paradigm to be Mm -hmm. able to actually step into that that new way of thinking and and be able to shift these limiting beliefs
1: well i think it all really comes down to our habits um uh, you know, Price Pritchett. Uh, he, I, I was really fortunate. He wrote the foreword to the book, um, and he wrote a little book called U Squared, and it's all about quantum. Yeah, it's
0: one of my one of my favorite books. Oh, is it great?
1: He's a, he's a spectacular yeah. man, and it's all about quantum leaps. And he said most people get on in this world just a little bit at a time because they're in the daily routine. They don't go after something big that they don't know how to go after. They go after something that they know how to get. There's no inspiration in that. It's not going to cause you to do anything differently. The people that get on in this world have to step out and do something different. If we don't change what we do in a day, our life isn't going to change that much. It'll just gradually get better day day in, mm. day out. But if we focus on n- creating new habits, new things that are going to cause us to, to do things differently, that's when we get the quantum leaps. That's when when the doors will open up to bigger things. Um And it really comes down to that. It's those simple routines, the simple habits. And sometimes people try to change too many habits at once. That's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the best way to do it. But boy, if we can start forming one really good habit one week and maybe charge another one the next week, um, before you know it, uh, you have changed the way you operate in a day. And when you change the way you operate in a day, you're going to change your results and what you're going after. Um, So that's I, I think it all comes down to habits.
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I took away from from U squared in particular was just starting to really think illogically, right? Right. Even I think there was an example right at the beginning of the book around the ant. I think it was an ant. I could be wrong. An ant or a fly or something inside trying to bang into the window over and over and over again, trying to get outside. And if it had to just went a little bit up to the left, the window was actually open, or there's a gap in the wall for it to actually go straight out. That's right. Um, that was one of the more impactful parts of that book. That just, it just switch something for me mentally to really start thinking illogically. And it doesn't always have to be what the path that you, that you're expecting or the path that everyone else has gone down. Sometimes the, you know, the path there might be up, down, sideways, all the way over the place, but it, it, just to be able to make that quantum leap.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's really it. We have to look at things differently. And I agree with you. I love that story. Um, You know, that was such a powerful lesson. And I think, one thing I have learned over over the years is that if we pick a goal that we don't know how to get to, um, but that mm. inspires us, we will do things we haven't normally done. And that's it. That's doing the illogical. Um, if you haven't normally done it, you're, you're going to step out. You're going to get uncomfortable for sure. But that uncomfortableness will not last long. Um, it might be for a little bit. But my God, if you go after something big and you start doing things that you would never normally do your life is going to be completely different.
0: I couldn't agree more. I One thing I've been mentioning a lot to my clients lately is just is finding that resistance or finding that unfamiliar feeling and the discomfort and really leaning into it. Because on the other side of that is growth. If we continually come back to the familiar feeling, if we continually come back to the comfort and the known, we can't possibly expect a different result. We've already experienced it before. But the only way to experience something new and something different is by sitting in that unfamiliar feeling and leaning into that discomfort.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very, very important.
0: I wanted to ask you uh, on, on a personal level, what is, I guess, some of the things that you are most proud of personally within business? You know, obviously, you've had a lot of success in, in a number of different areas. What are some mm-hmm. of the things where you, you know, when you think back now that you've come up with an illog- illogical goal or you've come up with something that you didn't know how to do yet and, and you've been able to achieve those levels of success, if you'd be happy to share a few?
1: Yeah, happy to. Um, You know, talk about a logical thinking and and doing something different. Uh, Back in the late 90s, um, this is when I just started working with my father. I'd give you a great example. Um, I was in the beginning, I was just selling seminars for him. And Danny, if I'm to be honest, I was not enjoying it. Um, And I I said to my father, I said, man, I, I just I can't keep selling seminars. It's just not my deal. I, it wasn't exciting me. I wasn't enjoying my days. And the great thing with my father, he just said to me, that's fine, Brian, then just find another way to contribute, find another way to, to help the company. And that's what I did. Um, I started, uh, what was a quote of the day service. And this was before that was ever a thing on the internet. I mean, it's everywhere today. Um, where we, we would send out a simple motivational quote, uh, Monday to Thursday, and every Friday, I would send out an uplifting story. We had a, uh, probably 300 emails um, uh, from people that have been to the seminars. That was it. This was, this was long before email marketing was ever a thing. And I decided that I was going to create this email campaign that I would start sending out emails that people could subscribe to. And then... Uh, you know, we would just give valuable content and that was it. I remember in real estate, what a big key to success was that I stayed in touch with my clients. Um, well, that's the same thing in the seminar business. You know, so hmm. often we just don't stay in touch with our current clients. So that's what I did. Um, and to give it a little more context, i never owned a computer, never had an email address. And I had to figure all of this out. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, you know, today there's all kinds of services that do it for you, but back then there was nothing. And so I figured it out. Uh, I, I, I I stepped into it and I took imperfect action. Um, when I first started, I was sending out emails just from my computer. Then I would find a program that would do it from my computer in, in, in a faster speed. Well, then I'd get shut down by my internet service provider. They thought I was spamming and I had to prove that I wasn't. Um, and you know, I ended up where it was just a data entry thing and it, it was not scalable. Um, but then, you know, as things progressed and services started to become available on the web, it, everything started to become web based. It, it, it morphed into, you know, what it is today. But that's probably one of the things I'm most proud of. I started that long before it was ever a thing on the Internet. And quite frankly, it set my father's company up for huge success when The Secret came out in 2006 um versus a lot of the other teachers that were in the secret because we were set to capture email addresses to capture clients mm-hmm. information and uh then we could stay in touch with them so our business exploded uh because we were kind of ahead of the curve on it so that's that's probably one of the things i'm most successful or most satisfied with um the other thing danny would be this book um you know it's uh it, it was yeah. It was an, a great experience writing this book, um, but the, the I think probably the the thing that's been most satisfying is the feedback I've gotten from it. Um, it has been selling like crazy. It's been mm-hmm. doing really, really well. And I feel that I have been able to share all of the information that my father taught me for virtually $18, $19. I mean, uh, really inexpensively that you can get some some valuable tools to live a great life. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. So. There'd be a couple of things I could tell you.
0: No, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, I think they're they're both amazing things. I think coming back to the even the email marketing thing, I would love to ask. Back in two thousand and six, when The Secret came out, do you do you remember um, what the open rate open rates were for the for the emails? I think you know you see email lists these days. Open rates are, are kind of gradually coming down a little bit, but. Back in the day, I'm sure those open rates would have been quite high.
1: Yeah. So back in those days, uh, the open rates were, you know, like upwards of 70, 75%. Um, they were incredibly high. Um, click-through rates, you know, same kind of thing, like 50, 60%. Yeah. Um, you know, and as you're aware today, it's it's nowhere near that. Um, no. But because it was new then, it wasn't, there wasn't, the, the space was not crowded. There was not a lot of people doing it.
0: Mate, uh, just one more thing. I want to be mindful of your time and um, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed our, our chat today. I'm sure the audience is as well. I'd love to know if there's anything that you could share um, about Bob that maybe some people just wouldn't know. I mean, a lot of, I guess he, he shared so much content and so much of his life, I guess, with uh, with he, people who followed his content and the internet and whatnot. Is there, is there anything that you could share that that people wouldn't know about Bob? Well...
1: Uh, what wouldn't they know? You know, there's so much out there on the web. I'm going to share something with you that he did with me when I was young. Um, So anybody that's listening, if you're a parent or a grandparent, um, I I, I think you're going to get an immense amount of value from this. And this is something really special to who my father was. When I was really young, he was on the road a lot, but when he was home, he was always the one that would tuck me into bed, uh, tuck me into bed at night. And, um, and, and I think this just lends to who Bob Proctor was. So I can remember, I mean, obviously I'm going back 55, almost 60 years. Um, I can remember getting up and laying in bed and dad would come and he'd sit on the edge of the bed and he'd put his hand on my chest. He always said, you gotta, you gotta have a connection, a physical connection because energy flows to and through us. And he would start to talk to me about my day. And he'd start to share all the good things that I did that day and, and, and really praise me for all the things I did. And if I was struggling with anything or had a hard time with something, he would, he would have me focus on the good from it. Uh, what did I learn from it? Uh, you know, what, what, what can I look at it that is positive? Um, so that he always had me looking for the rosy side of the, you know, uh, always looking for the good in something, even if it was something bad. And then he ended this, the, the, the evening by saying, You know, Brian, you are capable of being, doing, or having anything you want in this world. You're going to go to sleep. You're going to have a wonderful sleep. And When you wake up in the morning, you're going to have a big smile on your face and you're going to, you're going to wake up and have a great day. That's, that's a lot of people don't know that, that that's, that's who he was right from when I was young. And he set me up for success by building my self-image when I was young. And Danny, I did this with my kids um my I, I now have grandchildren I see my daughter doing it with her kids and it is uh, something special from Bob Proctor that not a lot of people would know um but my god what a difference that made in my life and uh, I know as a parent or a grandparent my god if you start doing that you will change generations um that was something really special that uh, that I got from him
0: I really appreciate you sharing that uh Brian thank you so much I, I think even just hearing you talk about that literally just I mean, obviously completely different, but brings me just to thinking about the, you know, the impact that even his meditations have had like on me. I mean, I listen to, to, to one of Bob's meditations every single day, pretty much. Um, and even just, just brings me back to thinking about his voice talking in the meditations and, and using similar type of words around, um, you know, bringing you back to really believe and genuinely, um, feel like you are capable and worthy of, of anything you set your mind to and that you want to, you want to attract into your life. But, um, Incredible man, you're an incredible man as well. I really appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing this all with uh, with me and the audience. And as I said, guys, if you if you haven't read it already, I'll have the link to Brian's book in the in the show notes below for you to go and check out. But um, I'm super glad that we've connected, Brian. I really appreciate your time. Um, hopefully, we can stay in touch and uh, and keep up with the, with the work that you're doing. And and maybe if I'm over in the states, we can we can catch up one day. Um, we'll get a workout in, I reckon. We'll go fun. pump some iron.
1: That sounds great. Well, thank you very much, Danny. I really uh, I, I appreciate being here. It's been great chatting with you.
0: Thank you so much, Brian. Really appreciate it. And guys, if you've enjoyed this episode today, we would love for you to share this with someone that you care about. Grab a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story, uh, send the link to a friend, family member, whoever. Um, We'd love for you to subscribe to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast if you haven't already to make sure you don't miss an episode. Um, And thank you so much for tuning in today.